houses were occupied by somebody, mm -hmm. and God made a way that we walked into these houses and we occupied them without sweating a bit. Mm -hmm. We saw vineyards and we walked into them and we occupied them. So we possessed lands. Tell me, you're preaching. Because the children don't understand mm. that, listen, the economy of God does not work like the economy of this world. Because the economy of this world, everything you get, you've got to pay. Everything you possess, you've got to pay. So now you've got to explain to this generation why they are walking into houses and they haven't paid for them. Why are they all of a sudden being promoted when they don't have the qualification. They don't, they don't deserve it. There are other people that are more qualified, that are more at a place of, yeah, I deserve it. Mm -hmm. So you've got to explain these things. But you cannot explain unless you've got these milestones. So milestones are an opportunity to explain the greatness and the goodness of God. Not only that, but also to explain that if God did it then, he will do it tomorrow. <laughs> so we've got to understand that. That's, this is what this means. Do you see what this means, guys? This is, what it ex that this is the opportunity to then explain opportunity to explain mm. that once upon a time mm. this man mm. and this woman and a little toddler would have meetings by themselves <laughs> and believe that one day you guys will walk in and look at you. <laughs> you are here as a testament of the grace a testament that a man called Abraham is sent out of the land of his birth with nothing but a wife and nephew and just a promise. That's it. Wow. Wow. But God has the ability and the strength and the grace to make a seed multiply. Come on. Mm. Amen. To make a dream flourish. Mm. I love this. To make a dream come true. Mm. It doesn't mean that the seed has just flourished from Because the word says that unless it falls to the ground mm -hmm. and it dies, mm -hmm. it remains alone. Mm -hmm. Unless it falls to the ground and dries, dies until nothing is there, it remains alone. Mm. What am I saying? I am saying it doesn't mean that the dream 
does not come without its challenges, it's going to die. As long as the dream is still alive, it is of no use because it will remain by itself. But the moment the dream is taken away from you and you see it die in your own hands and you're thinking, my goodness, I thought I had, now I do not have. It will remain as a single thing. You get what I mean, guys? So this means that this journey that we've walked as a ministry here, it's just a depiction even of the work of Christ. Because at some point, it's going to die. Now, the problem, why I'm mentioning this is this. The problem is at times, we encounter the dream or the vision at its time of death. And you walk away from the dream thinking, ah, this is gone, this is dead. There is nothing here. Not knowing that you have just walked away from a harvest. Okay. Come on. You have walked away from greatness because you looked around and you saw death and you lifted up your eyes and you saw a dream that is flourishing somewhere and you thought, oh yeah, I'll go there. That's where stuff is happening. But what you forgot is it's got to die first. <laughs> Just this morning, I was talking in our church about uh, the revelation of a place. Mm. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a revelation of a place, mm. no matter how great the place is, it will not benefit you. Yes. Yeah. Having God open your eyes so that you see the place for what it is, mm. not encountering a dead sea that you think, oh, this is dead. There's nothing happening here. Let me go where stuff is happening. That's how people have missed out opportunities. That's how Israel missed, missed out an opportunity when Christ came and he walked with them three and a half years and they were still looking for another Messiah. They missed it. But if they knew and identified the place and acknowledged it for what it is and its grace. Hello. So we are celebrating this 10 years. Mm. We've got to celebrate it. Amen. It's got to work for you. Amen. A dream will have to work for you. Amen. I am sure that whatever God has promised for this house will have to work for you. Amen. Whatever God has given this house as a portion and as an inheritance, you've got to inherit it. Amen. You should not allow any other person who is going to walk through those doors to get it before you. Why? Because you've been here and you have seen it and you say in your heart and in your doings that I am going to possess this land. Amen. Hello? Yeah. Everything that the man of God declares, if the word is released and you don't partake of it and you get another word being released and you don't partake of it. Mm. It's two things. 
It's either the world is empty, or you are missing the opportunity to grab it. But the word cannot be empty. By nature of the word, it cannot be empty. It's going to produce fruit. <laughs> when it is sent, the Bible says that it will not return unto its sender void. It's got to come carrying something. That is the assignment of a word. By nature. By nature. It's got to come to you carrying baggages of blessings. Amen. <laughs> yes. Do you get what I'm saying, guys? It's got to come carrying heavy loads of God's promises. Okay. Can somebody just sum up for us in uh, just a couple of words what has been the theme that the, the ministry has been pursuing since January? Theme. No, it's not a trick question. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just straightforward. The theme. What, what is it that we've been pursuing? The promise this time. Sorry? The promise, the promise this time. What is the scripture? I, I'm saying this because Pastor Phil has told, told me already that is the scripture that we've been working with. Sorry? No, feel free. It's not a trick question. Yes? <laughs> I heard the voice. <laughs> Come on, help. Yeah. God will build his church. God will build his church. It's a, it's a verse. If you don't know it, it's a verse. <laughs> if it's not there, we will put it in the Bible. <laughs> God will build his church. Now, somebody give us a scripture. She's given us the, the quotation. Somebody give us a scripture. Where, what have you been working on? Matthew chapter... 16, 16. Uh-huh. Verse 18. and verse 18. Okay, now, somebody who actually attended school and uh, uh, feels very free to read, please read for us that verse. And I say also today mm-hmm. that thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church. Mm-hmm. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Read for us again, please. And I said, and I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So I say unto you today that, yeah, mm-hmm. that what? I'm a Peter. That you are Peter. And upon this rock uh-huh. I will build my church. I will build my church. And the gates of hell. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. 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 We I will talk today on uh, a simple word. But from, if, if you look at where we're coming from, I could just conclude and say we're preached, we're finished. <laughs> Can we? No, we want a word. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go to the book of uh, Genesis. Okay.
Genesis, let's go to chapter 1. Yeah. Mm, hallelujah. The story of creation. Mm. We'll start with, uh, let's, start, let's start from verse 1, then we will uh, build on it. Somebody there? Mm-hmm. Now, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form, and created heaven and earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, and that was the first day. That was the first day. Now, We are all familiar with uh, the story of, I forgot about this. Uh, We are all familiar with the story of uh, creation. Mm -hmm. Creation that we read in Genesis chapter Mm 1, it speaks of the creation of heaven and earth. Hello? Now, when the Bible is talking about the creation of heaven and earth, this is not the creation of the beginning. Yeah, I see some suspense. (laughs) This is not the creation of the beginning. Now, let me just give you something logical. When God starts creating heaven and earth, God created heaven and earth. Yeah? Mm -hmm. If God created heaven and earth, where was he living? Where was he abiding? For him to now say, let us create heaven and earth. This explains that the heaven and earth that God is creating, this is not the heaven where God dwells. Yeah? This is the heaven as we know it. The sky and the feminine, the first heaven, the second heaven, we all have heard of that, isn't it? Because if He says God created the heaven and the earth. And he does not speak of where was God living? Where were the angels living? You get that? The heaven and the earth that he's created is 
the earth that we know, but the heaven where the sky is and stuff like that. Why? Because there was a heaven where God was. And the angels had already been created. By this time, Satan had already fallen. <laughs> you see what I mean? So when he says God created the heaven and the earth, he is talking about our heaven, which is the sky and uh, galaxies and stuff like that. This is what is being created. And this is being created for humankind. I hope I haven't confused someone there. Mm -hmm. This is being created because God has got a plan. Mm -hmm. The plan he has is so that when he creates the earth, then he can create the human being. Mm -hmm. And the human being can dwell in the heaven that he has created. Mm -hmm. And there he can dominate. Mm -hmm. He can take over that territory. He can, he can be God in that territory that he is going to create. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, the fact that human beings are going to be created for this new heaven and this new earth mm. that he has created. Mm. It means that this could bring controversy as well, but uh, just get it. <laughs> now, it means that when you are created and put on earth, and the Bible says that Jesus was crucified before the foundation of the earth. And God preordained us and foreknew us before even the foundation of the earth was. It means that you as a human being, you were alive in the heart and the mind of God. Amen. It means that you coming into earth now uh -huh. is the manifestation of what God had already had. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. You had already existed somewhere uh -huh. in God. Uh -huh. So when you come out now, it's like Jesus. Jesus had been there even before the foundation of the world was. Uh -huh. So when he comes and we're like, wow, there is Jesus. Oh, this is the... To God... And to the spiritual realm, he had been there only as manifested in a form that we now see and comprehend. Yeah. Do we get that? Yeah. So humankind is created and is put to live in this, in this world. Now, the thing is this. When all this is happening, we must understand one thing. God is using words to create. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He is not using uh, stones and cement <laughs> as we know it. <laughs> he is throwing words. Mm -hmm. He is speaking <laughs> He is speaking things that are in his imagination. Yeah. And he releases words and his imagination becomes a reality. Yeah. So he thinks, he ponders, and he says, if, if you look at that Genesis, let's, let's go back there. Mm -hmm. 
In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form, and darkness was over the uh, face of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovered upon the face of the waters. And God said, let us, let it be, let there be light. So God said, God is speaking, he is uttering things that he has been pondering on, the power of imagination. He is speaking things that are deep in his mind, but if he left them in his mind without speaking them, they would not manifest in the physical. Come on. Come on. Do you see that? So if his imagination remained imagination and he does not utter the things, then it will be just thoughts and imagination. The difference between our creative abilities and the place where we are is the word. If the word that God puts in our mind does not trickle down to the heart until we utter it from the heart with our mouths, our earth or our world will remain void. It will exist without Whoa. any form. Look at this mystery. It says, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void. The earth was without form and void. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. Huh? But listen to this. This is the mystery that I'm talking about. And the spirit of the Lord Hovered over the face of the waters. The spirit was still there when the void was there. Until words were spoken. Come on. Come on. Did you see that? Void was still there when the spirit was there. So what activated and catapulted the spiritual dimensions? Mm-hmm. Was the words that he spoke. Yeah. Come, on. Yeah. Come on. The words that he spoke gave form to formlessness. Oh, yes. <laughs> the words that he spoke mm-hmm. gave shape and form to things that were meaningless. Yeah. So one would think that it is the spirit who creates. But the spirit works with words. Yeah. Come on, come on. Wherever there is a manifestation of the spirit, there is also going to be an utterance of words uh-huh. to create and to recreate. Come on. Wherever there is a valley of dry bones, words have got to be spoken so that the life of the spirit may bring shape and form. Yes. What brings change in your life will be your ability to utter and to speak supernatural things. Come on. Now, I am saying these things you don't have to understand them. They don't have to mean logical sense to you. They've got to be things you have imagined, things that you believe, and you just speak them into existence. Come on. Yes. Yes. And cities will be created. Yeah. Nations will be made. Yeah. 
from a place of barrenness and complete zero. Amen. You will start to see life jumping into things yes. that were non-existent. Yes. And life comes into them. Yes. And nations are brought up. Yes. And cities are brought up. Yes. And void becomes something. Yes. I, I don't know yes. what it is that lets life in your life best moments. Mm-hmm. Come on, preach. The difference is in your ability to speak things oh, into yes. existence. Prophets. Come on. Come on. The difference is in our ability to speak. But you cannot speak what you do not see. You've got to see it. 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 Guys, I'm telling you, you've got to see the picture first. If it's not there in your mind, it will be hard for you to say it and it means anything to you. Why? Because we are a people that function by imagination. And what we see, we become. What we see, we become. What we see, whatever is in front of you, that becomes you. So your life is a product of the things you have seen, the things that you have spoken. When we are reckless, at times we even become the byproduct of the words that others have spoken. Wow. So you see yourself going to a certain level because that has been to the level of somebody else's utterance. Wow. All right. <laughs> if you get what I'm saying. Mm. Somebody else speaks a word mm-hmm. and you go only so far, it's because somebody actually uttered a word and that word pushed you until you go to a certain place. Mm. Some of us, we are products of words that have been spoken by our pastors. Mm. Words that have been spoken by parents. Mm. Words that have been spoken by peers, contemporaries. Words that have been spoken by people that loved us. So they carried us, but they only carried us to a certain place. That's it. Because the force as well to push you to the place depends on the weight of the one that speaks. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, that's just... I am saying this. <laughs> Let's say you take five young men, yeah? You put them on a line like this, and you say, let's go and play short Remember short put? Yeah. Or javelin. How far they throw is dependent on the energy within them. So no matter how big they are, if they have not built enough energy to push, so you can get a big man only throwing, throwing only uh, a meter away. Yeah. You think so much energy, so much so much stature, but so, 
so little effort, so, so little output. It's because they, how much they can push yeah. is dependent on their capacity as a person. Mm -hmm. So some of you, you have gone as far as how far you've been pushed by whoever pushed you. You get what I'm saying? I'm talking. In the spirit, there is lightweight, featherweight, heavyweight. You get what I'm saying? And we, we have a tendency of thinking that all of us can can throw. Yes, we can all throw. But <laughs> all of us can push. But the degree of the pushing is different. Yeah. So you, you you find yourself. You have been pushed until here. But then. Will how far you go only depend on how far other people push you? Paul says, when I was a child, yeah, I acted like a child. I thought like a child. I did all things like a child. But now that I am old, mature, my ways are different. Some of you, what I'm getting to is this. You are where you are because other people have carried you spiritually. Do you get what I mean? Other people have carried you literally on their but they've only carried you as much as they can. It's high time you invested in your ability to speak. Amen. Amen. So that your words have got enough weight. You might be small, but you've got enough strength to push it until it hits the wall. Amen. Not just push, but with an ability and an impact. Come on. It's like preaching, guys. Yeah? We all preach. We all can quote scripture. Yeah? But when someone who has invested in themselves stands before here and utters words, you feel their atmosphere. You, 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 you sense their, their presence. I'm not talking Holy Ghost presence. This is not Holy Ghost. They are presence. Because everybody has got a presence and a weight. Do you get what I mean? Wonderful. Yeah. Then. So you've been victims of how far you've been pushed. But I've already told you, in the spirit, there are categories of weights. Heavyweights, featherweight, lightweight. No weights. No weights. <laughs> and no weights. True. Uh, no weights are there. No weights. But the way they carry themselves. Huh? Oh, they, they came here, it was like to be like a whirlwind has come here. But then when you, you, when you 
your, your spiritual antennas get up and you want to sense them. Can you feel them? There is no weight. My little tummy can push them, they fall off. Do <laughs> you get what I'm saying, guys? Now, what do I do when I've been pushed? Yeah? And the one who has pushed me has pushed me to the level of their ability. Could be somebody who discipled you, somebody who, who is your prayer partner, your. Um, Confidante, whatever it is, your mentor, stuff like that. Mm. And they have pushed me to a certain place. Mm. But I still sense and I feel I need more than this. Mm. I need to go beyond this. Mm. Now, every house mm. has got uh, has got mm. a presence. Mm -hmm. Every house has got, has got an identity. Mm -hmm. If I went to her house, I encounter her presence in the house. Mm -hmm. I encounter her weight in the house, mm -hmm. her grace in the house. Mm -hmm. If I went to hers, I will also encounter her weight, her grace. They, they might be the same. But the grace affects me differently. Mm. According to how God has empowered them. Mm. And according to how much they also invest in themselves. Mm. The problem we've had is this. We operate on our own grace. Mm. And our own ability. Mm. Yeah? And we push, we push, you pray, you fast, you, you, you do all spiritual dynamics that you have learned or heard of. You tire yourself. Until you even start thinking, oh, you know what? Maybe, maybe it's where I am. Maybe it's the church. Yeah? So, out of frustration and all that, I can leave the place and go and locate myself in a different place. But remember, I am still the same person. I have been thrown until a certain place. Hello? Hi. Is that making sense to you? You want me to explain more? Now, so I find myself wrestling, pushing myself, fasting. I'm not saying these things are not important. These things are very important. Mm -hmm. But they don't play the part of the lightweight, mm -hmm. featherweight, and heavyweight. Why? Because before God brought you here, I want to believe that everyone who is here, God transported them here. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. 
God brought you here in this church because God knew how much a problem you are. <laughs> Guys, are you getting what I'm saying? Okay, let me be nice. God knew the nature of your problem. The nature of your demons. The nature of so the nature know. of uh, I thought you were being nice. <laughs> That's being nice. <laughs> be worse. The nature of how complicated a person you are, and how complicated the background of the things that pursue you are. And he knew that the only person who can look after you is in this house. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. If you came to me, maybe you stay for two weeks, then you say, ah, pastor, you know, you tell me a story, and I say, okay, God bless you, I lay hands on you. <laughs> you get what I mean? Why? Because I am not fashioned for your problems. There is another pastor who is fashioned for your problems. And they can tolerate you, they can bear with you, they can encourage you, and they can see you growing. If you came to my camp, you would starve and die of wash yoga. Not because I am not equipped as a pastor, but just I am not equipped for your problems. Because you are a problem. <laughs> Guys, do you get what I'm saying? Okay. What I mean is this. Church is full of independence. People with a grace and anointing. People who feel like, oh yeah, if this church did not have me, it would not go from day one to day two. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? People that feel like they are invisible, they, 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 they are indestructible, nothing else can happen unless they are there. And they missed out on an opportunity. Now, get my point. They missed out on an opportunity of hooking up with the heavyweight of the house. So that the heavyweight of the house can throw them further than where they are. Wow. So they kept on pushing themselves. This is another, another problem. <laughs> lightweights in the church, yeah, have a tendency of hooking up with other lightweights and say, oh, let's pray for each other. Let's push this. Let's do this. And you are encouraging each other, but you are only pushing each other an inch further than where you were. And your problems become a cycle. So you see yourself going from A, B, C, D. You go back A, B, C, D. And you're wondering, why is it that we are not seeing progress in your church, in your house? Are you getting what I'm saying? Every house has got a grace. Every house has got a set man. And the set man provides a, an atmosphere for the house. Does it mean that 
If I am attending threshold every Sunday, I never miss prayer meeting, tick. Sunday service, tick. Bible study, tick. Choir practice, tick. Does this make me a candidate of the grace? No. Why? Because I have seen, even in my own church, I have seen people that were sitting on the pews coming to every meeting, and I knew they had left a long time ago. You get what I mean? They were not connecting to the grace. So the moment they are not connecting to a grace, their problem is they are in a vacuum because they are nowhere. And their lives are not going anywhere. Why? Because they've been pushed to a certain place until they got comfortable with the place, they got complacent with the place, and they were not going anywhere. There is no grace working in their lives. So attending does not make you. It's the ability to connect to a grace. An ability to connect to a grace in the house and know that, you know what? For God to work in my life, this grace is what is going to make me. Does it mean you don't have a grace of your own? You have. But this grace, that's why God brought you. Because this grace is a heavy weight than yours. So it will push you. Amen. Amen. What does that mean? It's a grace that generational cases and generational issues from your family is not familiar with. Some of you, you want to deal with. <laughs> you want to deal with issues from your family. But those are the things that are binding you. And your uncle, and your, your, your dad, and everybody. And you are saying, bind, bind, if I break, I, you will break. You need somebody graced to come and break that. Who is not of the same blood as you. Because everybody within that blood has been bound. So you need somebody graced for you. Hallelujah. Come on. Hello. Am I preaching well? Oh yes. Oh yeah. And that grace you find it in the house. Yeah. What does it mean? Which no matter which church you go to, you go to a church because not because the church needs you, but because you need that church. Come on. You don't go to a man of God because that man of God needs you. For whatever reason, you've got to clear that in your mind. For whatever reason, there is no man of God who needs you. You are actually at their mercy. If they choose to release grace on you, grace will take you up. If, if that man of God, by any chance, that's why it's important, don't, don't fight a man of God. No, no, no matter what they've done to you, don't fight them. I would rather, if, if you are angry with them, open the double door and never come back. But don't fight them. Because what is on them, the day that you provoke it could fight you the rest of your life. 
Stop it. That's too much to Bring it. But I'm telling you the truth. Yeah? It's important, guys. Some people are going through mountains round like that. It's because they raised their tongue to speak against somebody who is employed by another company. They don't work for you. They work for God. And you are busy, you are busy looking at their CV and looking at their, uh, assessing their, what you call it, uh, performance. And you are appraising them, appraising them. They are not your employee. If you've got any issues with them, their employer will sort them out. Come on. <laughs> so you bound yourselves because you wanted to assess. I don't know, you've got a job description for pastors and men of God. <laughs> yeah? And you are ticking. Pastor, okay? Yeah, they're okay. Uh, they're too harsh. They're too soft. Um, teamwork, um, no, I think they are dictatorial. They don't listen to people. Uh, and at the end of the day, you are analyzing, you are assessing a grace that is supposed to work for you. The moment you do that, you are fighting that grace, that grace repels you. You are in the church, but that grace repels you. When the man of God announces, yeah, and he says, this month, for all those that are looking for jobs, promotion is coming your way. Because you've been criticizing that grace. Even if you say, amen, man of God, that grace will repel you. He says, I don't know you. Because every grace knows who honors it and respects it and accepts it and embraces it. Now, people of God understand this. When you get a man or a woman, that says, me, I'm a man or woman of God. God has sent me. Even if they are lying. <laughs> Receive them, embrace them, and you'll see what God is doing in your life. Mm. But we're living in a liberal society, you see, mm. where everybody has got a say and an opinion. That's what we've been taught. If you go to Tesco, you don't like the food, you can put, take it back even after opening. They'll say, I don't like it. <laughs> They'll give you a refund. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> I don't like it. You go somewhere, you buy a pair of jeans. Yeah? You try them. You wear them. You actually buy them. You wear them on a credit card. You wear them. You go for a wedding. Yeah? You, just, you just tuck the tag in. You don't move. You come back. Now, years ago, I used to work for a retail outlet. That was back in Zimbabwe. I used to work for a retail outlet, Edgar's. And they sold, we sold clothes. There were these uh, uh, Caucasian elite Caucasian lady, she used to come in, and we knew her, that she would come every month because she used to go for cocktail parties and buy all the lovely dresses for, for the cocktail parties. Two weeks later, she would bring a bunch like this. I want a refund. They didn't fit me. Wow. But you can see, you know, um, uh, lipstick stains and stuff like that. So that's the society we're living in, guys. She's like... <laughs> yes. It's a strategy. I'm, I'm giving you tips here. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't afford a suit to go to a party, to, to a wedding. I mean, just go into buttons and size it, wear it. I like it. Pay with a debit card. Uh, a week later, I didn't like it. That's what Bryce did for his wedding. So. <laughs> okay. Sorry, man. I'm just joking. Now, understand this guy. Yeah? Understand this. So we are living in a society that says you... 
You've got to speak for yourself. You've got to be, you've got to be, um, you've got to know your rights. And we brought that into the house of God and we wanted that to work for us. So you walked in and you thought, oh, the man of God needs me. If he mistreats me, the church next door, actually there's a church that means here in the morning. I'll just go to the morning one. <laughs> I, I now like the morning. Uh, so you show up at the morning and the first day you get there, you like the sermon. The worship is beautiful. The pastor doesn't even play keyboard. There are 10 keyboard players that are lining up. <laughs> and you think, wow, it's packed with young people. You're thinking, this is the church I would want to be in. And everybody's enjoying it. So you get the sermon, and it's a brilliant sermon. You think, hmm, I like this place. I'll come back next week. So you go out, and you come back next week. And everything is lovely. It's nice. But remember, you are not cut out for uh, where you come from, you eat pap, sadza. You are not cut out for chapatis. So you eat chapati one day, you eat chapati next day, you eat chapati third day. The fifth day you have a running tummy. Because you are not cut out for that diet. It's like going for a conference. I mean, you go for a conference, you like the preacher. You go again next week after the conference, that's how some churches grow numbers. So you go for a conference, you like it. You go again after the conference. Third time of the conference, you think, what has changed? It was a conference. It was a conference. <laughs> <laughs> you get what I mean, guys? So you've got to know the grace of where you are at. Amen. Respect the grace of where you are at. Honor what God is doing in your midst. Amen. Respect it. Amen. And you will see wonders that God will do in your life. Amen. He says, I am building my church. <laughs> Let me tie it all together. I am building my church. The church he is building is a church that knows and acknowledges the grace that is working among us itself. Amen. Wow. Amen. Wow. Amen. wow. 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 It's a grace that understands when Jesus comes for those three and a half years, acknowledges him as a man of God, <laughs> identifies the gifts and says, listen, I will partake of whatever this man is carrying for me. At whatever cost. I will pay the price to connect to a grace. I am saying this because we thought that it only had to do with Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit. We forgot that there is a man that is pointing us to him. And if we shoot down that messenger, we will not get the message. And we thought all pastors are the same. <laughs> so if he's short like me, say, I don't like short ones, I like tall ones. <laughs> you go shopping for pastors, isn't it? <laughs> no, this one is too soft. You know, I want that praise when they pray, it's like fire is coming out of them. <laughs> but you've got one that has been cut out for your problems. 
One that God knew that you, you want the fairy, fairy ones, I'll give you a soft one to just fix you <laughs> and sort you out. Mm. Are you getting what I'm saying, guys? Mm. If we don't know that, or if we don't acknowledge that, it will be easy for seasons to pass us. Mm. Because we've got to work together with God. Hello? Is that okay? Yes. Can I stop here? I've spoken long enough, isn't it? Um, for a start, I'll own up and say, God changed my sermon, so I have to say whatever I have to say. Wow. Uh, number two, I felt it was important to say these things here. Because these are the things that will carry us to the next place. We are a the place where we are at because we failed to honor what God was doing in our midst. We thought that what God is going to do, he will do in the next generation or he will use another person. And we fail to understand that in every generation, in every move of God, God used a man. You see how important it is? Yeah. Even when God had a plan for redemption, mm. God had to use a man. Amen. Jesus had to come down. Amen. Even when God wanted to have a nation to himself, God had to choose a man. Amen. And anointed Abraham. And he carried the seed for the nations. Mm. In every generation, in every season, in every ministry, in every church, there is a set man that God needs. That set man is carrying something for you. Amen. Get this from somebody who grew up foolish and thought that they were sufficient in themselves. Until they were in their 40s and they realized, listen, what I thought I could do all along, I, I need a grace bigger than me. When Abraham is coming from fighting the five kings, you know that story? And he defeats them. He conquered the five kings. Mm. He meets a man called Melchizedek. And Abram took a tithe and gave it to Melchizedek. After defeating the kings, if he had given it before he fought the kings, it would have made sense because then he's paying a tithe so that he can be empowered to. After he has conquered, after you have conquered the little mountains you have conquered, and little kings that you have conquered, you still need somebody bigger than you Amen. to carry you forward. Amen. At that moment, Abraham had an army, over 300 men, brought up in his own house. Mm. And he still needed Melchizedek, somebody bigger than him. Mm. You are not as big as you think you are. If you're as big as you thought you were, 
your church will be next door and you will all be flocking there. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I know people come for you for counseling and prayer and guidance, but how many? Three, five? <laughs> At most ten? <laughs> and you've been doing it 